Welcome to the Butts in the Seats podcast, episode number 74. Woo! I'm Nick alongside Emily. Woo! Emily, we keep forgetting to do this. What is it we do here? We really need to give ourselves like a, a slated intro of just like yeah. tag it in. Yeah, we, we, well, we take notes on the show. We just forget to uh, note how we do the intro. <laughs> well, Nick. What it is we do here is we take a week-by-week look at the slow but inevitable downfall of WCW in the late 90s and early 2000s, pretty much. You know, I'm, I'm workshopping this live on the air. We take a look at the weekly downfall, I think is a better way, because we're not necessarily week-by-week. Week. We're every other week, more or less. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Workshop it on the air. It'll be great. Um, happy WrestleMania Saturday, because I'm deciding that I'm going to edit this in time for that. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So we are putting out another episode before WrestleMania. There you go. Yes. I trimmed that us saying that we were unsure about it and I'm committing. And okay. Yeah. WrestleMania Saturday. We don't know who's done anything. I won't even be able to watch until WrestleMania Sunday. I also probably won't watch until Sunday. Because I, I want to watch with you. So I don't know. I might like keep track of Twitter, but I don't I don't know. I can't decide. But yeah. So uh, that episode will be out within a couple of days because that's just a, it's a quick watch it. We take loose notes and uh, have a general words. chat. And again, we don't know if that'll be uh, 20 minutes or two hours. Could really go either way. But today, we'll be talking about the December 29th, 1999, Monday Nitro, the last one of 1999, a.k.a. New Year's Evil. The last of the millennium. Yeah. No, it's you're not. not gonna, I was going to say, you're not going to fight no, me on it's that? Not. It's not. Shove it up your ass. I feel like they didn't really talk about New Year's Evil since like three months ago when they were doing the contest. What was the contest for? This is for tickets. Oh. And I swear this was going to be in Las Vegas. I don't remember it was going to be in Las Vegas, but I remember it was originally a pay-per-view. No. Or it was definitely originally a pay-per-view. Maybe. I think for like a week or two, yeah. it was vague. But we noted that it got like downgraded to Nitro. Well, there was going to be a New Year's Eve pay-per-view with Kiss. But they never outright said that this was that. Okay. They were just saying, get tickets to New Year's Evil. And it was like, okay. And then they like clarified a few weeks later, oh yeah, it's this Nitro. Okay. And this Nitro now takes place on the 27th, not even on New Year's. No, not even. And additionally, and we'll talk about the network plenty in a minute. On the network, there's a Nitro that takes place on the 29th. Oh, really? It's just It's just the best of the year. Oh, okay. Or best of the decade or something. But, but like, did it air that day, do you think? On the 29th, yes. Oh. But that's that's so not the strange. New Year's. Yeah, that's still that's not, not the a new Monday. Year. It's a random Wednesday. That's bizarre. Yeah. Let's talk about the network a little bit uh, in terms of this episode. Oh, boy. Because I doubt any of you are watching along on the network. But if you do, don't. Uh, we're going to talk about some shit that you didn't see. And admittedly, we had to talk about some shit that we didn't see to begin with because. We noted, oh, it's a weirdly shorter file. Yeah, so Nick went back into his file, and he had gotten all the like original rips of all the nitros when we or thought so that the, I thought. or so you thought when we thought that the um, the network was completely gone. Like Nick just downloaded everything, so we have those as backups always. So we're like, oh, the file's short. Let's go check and make sure. So we watched that about an hour and a half into well, that file. Well, admittedly, the files were the same length. Yes. That was the weird thing. They were that about the, the same thing. length. And I'm about like, an hour and a well, half. we have it. Let's just watch the new one. <laughs> about an hour and a half into the ripped file, we catch like a glitch where the end of a match just completely cuts out. Goes from the middle of a match to a talking segment. So it was like, whoa, something happened. Let's go see if we can figure it out on Peacock. Like maybe they have a better edit, whatever. And we go to the hour 30 mark on Peacock. 
No, no, we didn't even go to there. We were just fast forwarding because we could actually see where we're going. And we get to about an hour in and we're like, wait, no, this is where we were. What the fuck? Yeah, it's so And there was still like up. an hour left. And I'm just like. And we're like, oh, no. What, they do say what there's happened? technical glitches, but like you lost a half hour of the show, apparently. So a segment got cut off of the rip that was included in Peacock, but a match was cut out of Peacock that was included on the rip, which is why they were the same length oh, the, relatively. Yeah, the, there was about a 30, about 30 minutes missing from both. It was bizarre. So we have the full episode in total. It was just we a saw, bear to get there. We saw everything besides one entrance, and I cannot find that entrance. Though admittedly, okay. I didn't look that hard. It's okay. It was one entrance. I'm like, we can kind of get it. Yeah. But it is New Year's Evil. It's the final Nitro this year. And, Emily, it's the final three-hour Nitro. Thank God. And what a bear to get through it. Well, yes. It didn't didn't help with all the files switching as well. But they only mentioned they're changing to two hours once. Yeah, and it was like in a passing comment. It wasn't. And it starts like, anyway, we're going to two hours. And the way they pitched it was like, oh, we have this new time slot on this. Like, this is a good thing for us. Yeah, they only really half said the time thing. They didn't fully explain it right, but there was a graphic that was like, it's eight to ten now. But I think Tony Schiavone did say it over the voiceover. But he said it in a way that was like, this is a good thing for us. This is like an upgrade. Like, we're going from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. You're like, ooh, you got the 8 p.m. time slot. How pre- like how they prestigious. And like, wait a second. No, you already were at 8 o'clock. Yeah, they, they presented it as a new time slot. Like, no, no, no. You just, it's the same time You're losing slot. an hour. Someone took part of your time slot. I think they gave it up, technically. Whatever. Yeah, but that's next week. So we still have uh, this week. We said before that I thought this was going to be in Vegas. It's actually in Houston, Texas, in the Astrodome. Asshole Dome. Yeah. As it's called later. Uh, bold choice to be there because that's a large arena. It didn't seem undersold. I think there was some clever camera work because there were some shots where I saw large sections no. unsold. Like one of the first shots of the night, like the front, like two rows mostly empty. And I'm you know, like, we stopped looking for it. Yeah. We used to look for that a lot. Yeah. They also learned how to hide it better. Like, you know, it, like WWE for a while was just like, we won't sell tickets on the hard cam side. Yeah, which and as like somebody and in, it's sold out because yeah. we it's all the tickets we listed. But as somebody's gone to a live show, can you imagine how weird that would be if like the wrestlers posed to that side? And imagine if there's nobody there. That's weird. They pose the camera. I mean, yeah, it's it, that's it's, just that's weird. Like as a as a patron, like we, we usually sit behind the hard camera, and they just be posing at nothing. Yeah. It just feels like a waste of everything else. That feels dumb. No, it, it it's strange, but it's, it's a thing. So I don't have too many notes for this show behind the scenes. The one thing I can note is the rating. Uh, it is down from last week. No kidding. It's at 2.9 this week to Raw's 5.8. Raw held steady. Well, yeah, because they're actually doing good things. Admittedly, the rating kind of holds around here and goes down like kind of minimally. It, it's really outliers to where it really goes down. So it stays like two eight two nine. Yeah, I mean, like you know, maybe some two fives, two sixes. Like I, I think it, at this point, I'll just note when it's notably good or notably bad okay. going forward. Pretty sure spoilers, it's not going to be notably good going forward. Yeah, I would be really shocked. Maybe there's like one weird outlier episode. Who knows? Yeah, maybe there's one where uh, where Raw is preempted again by the U.S. Yeah, Open. Yeah, maybe by the U.S. Open. Yeah, they're going to do that again. 
So let's get into this show. Um, but first, we have to talk about Thunder a lot. Yeah, Thunder had a lot going on. I don't know why this was the one. We're like, let's emphasize Thunder and have a lot of things going on. Yeah, like the episode started with a recap from Thunder that I didn't realize was a recap. So I was like feverishly taking notes like, oh my God, something happened. Like a glitch happened. I missed, we missed something. And then you're like, oh no, this was just on Thunder. Yeah. It, what? In hindsight, our weird uh, stuff missing didn't help. No. Yeah, on Thunder, Goldberg basically took out the entire NWO minus Bret Hart and then himself. God. And, and if they showed this shot, yeah. if they showed it once, they showed it 300 times. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, which, which part gets you? Because I, cause you can't... Oh, it's the blood splatter. Yeah, on the hood. Uh-huh. Yeah, because... Because that's how you know how bad it really is. Yeah, because Goldberg... Blood does not splatter like that on its own accord. To recap, because we mentioned at the end of the last episode... I'm checking out. We get the Goldberg injury of him punching out the limousine window. He's supposed to have a pipe in his hand to break it. And he dropped the pipe. So then was like, I, well, I can do it. And smashed the window and shredded... Actually, oh, they, they say what happened. They shredded his tendon. Yeah. Ah! He's like 40 stitches. 40 stitches and immediately into reconstructive surgery. Okay, so you're checking out and you're not I back. was checking out. It hurts so, me so much. Admittedly, when you when he smashes the window, you don't see anything. You just kind of see him check his arm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And, and then this is the moment where he knew he fucked up. Yes. And then he goes to the hood of the car. And smashes it, and Emily, oh. you can cover your ears if you want. Oh. But like, it's like a fucking water park. He just <laughs> don't refer to it as a water park. He hits the hood, and the hood just turns red. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> the hood just turns into a splash pad. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, like that's how you know. So I broke my arms really badly as a kid, both of them at the same time. I thank my lucky fucking stars every day that the bone did not go through my skin. I don't think I would have recovered mentally from that. Uh. I'm so squeamish as it is. I couldn't have done that. Yeah, I've had minimal injuries. The the ones I can think of is uh, dislocating my pinky by <laughs> trying to block a drop kick, fracturing my fibula, sliding into second base, playing baseball, you perverts. <laughs> I had two different teeth injuries. One was having them go into my lip, and the other one was having uh, one of my bottom teeth knock sideways. Oh, really? I don't think I knew that one. You also remember you got that crazy knot on your leg when you did another slide at um, softball? That was my arm. Maybe that was your arm. No, no, no. Sorry. I think that was my leg, but then um, I ripped my arm open playing softball and did like a tourniquet sock. Yes. Oh, my God. It was horrible. Because then you had to play the rest of the game with one sock and uh, ew. Uh, where were we? I don't remember. Somewhere oh, Gold- Blood Water Park. <laughs> so Goldberg's going to be out anywhere from like two and a half months to four months. And I don't know if they've been told that yet. Because throughout so. the show, there's a lot of like focus on Goldberg. Like he's going to be back soon. Uh, yeah, I think they're just like pretending as if nothing happened for now. And just, like, keep going with the stories because the writers haven't had time to rewrite anything yet. I guess so. There's a Sid promo later in which it feels very obvious yeah. that they, like, were up to a point and then went, well, let's add a little paragraph here. Yeah. 
But we are at the Nitro itself. The NWO head towards the ring. There's no Scott Hall. It's just Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, and Bret Hart. And that just becomes a topic of conversation for a very long time. During this little walking bit, did you notice the camera guy very audibly yelling cut before they were off uh, screen? Oh, I missed that, actually. Like, right before they cut to black, you hear somebody go, and we're clear. At least they were still walking. There's been worse instances. Yeah, there have. But I I always think it's funny to catch, like, production fuck-ups. So admittedly, I don't know how long Scott Hall has gone here. It, this is a weird work shoot angle. For all I know, he'll be here next week. For all I know, he might not be here for two months. Cool. Oh, but maybe he'll be here later in the night. Oh, yeah. Because Kevin Nash said that he's going to be here. That Scott will be here. Yeah, he'll be here. We're going to get the Nitro opening and all the opening pyro. I was a little disappointed that it was the same set. I didn't notice that the set changed week to week. No, it doesn't. But this is New Year's Evil. Like, it felt like you should have Oh, well, they didn't really something. call it New Year's Evil. Yeah, they didn't They didn't refer mention. to it as New Year's Evil. They mentioned it once or twice, but it's not a big focus. No, it's it's very minimal focus. We get Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Mike Tanay checking in. And... With the nameplates in the wrong spot. Oh. <laughs> so the Tony's always in the middle. Mike is on one side and Bobby's on the other. So the way that the nameplate went in this broadcast, it went Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, Mike today. Oh. And totally wrong. Admittedly, I'm usually taking feverish notes. So I have to rely on Emily to take these. these uh, I just like to find the little fuck ups. So Tony then throws to a clip of Goldberg fucking up his arm. Again. <laughs> and you were like, okay, I'm checking out. I'm over. I, I get it. He fucked his arm up. I get it. He's a broken man. Let's say that no one has heard from Scott Hall since Thunder, where Goldberg effectively murdered him. So are they trying to insinuate here that maybe he, like, is in hiding? They don't know what they want to insinuate. Like, pick a story. Go with it. That would have been a good story. Well, the thing is, Kevin Nash also got murdered in his ear. I think Kevin Nash got murdered in the shower. I think that was (laughs) his one. So they also note that earlier today, Bill Bush, who was someone from, like, Turner Broadcasting, someone high up, Sent out a release about Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara, except actually the release is about Scott Hall. And I think they called Bill Bush the Nitro Vice President, the WCW President, and the WCW Vice President all in this broadcast. Did they? I could not get it straight. Like, I couldn't figure it out. He's someone from Turner. He's, yeah. yeah. Couldn't tell you. So basically, if Scott Hall doesn't turn up by 7 o'clock tonight, they're going to vacate the tag titles. Uh, the show goes on in the air at 8, so... Bobby Heenan had a really shitty line on commentary, like in the first match, I think, where he says, ah, happy hour ends at eight. Scott will be here. I think that was later in the night, but yeah, I did catch that line as well. It's just rude. So in response to the tag titles being vacated, Vince Russo has booked a lethal lottery tag team tournament for the titles, which they really didn't explain. I had to like turn to you and be like, here's what's going on. For those of you at home that don't know, and I assume most of you, because this is not a Let's common assume thing. assume that's all. They've done it once or twice on pay-per-view before, or maybe even TV, where, okay, there's like a group of guys, and they're going to like randomly draw partners. And now there's a tournament, and whoever draws each other, like you're the partner for the tournament. There are at least two established tag teams who end up being drawn together. How crazy. Wild. And I want to say... The other, like, everybody else is a feuding tag team yeah. besides Midnight and Lash LaRue. Yeah. But Lash is just kind of, you know, hung out to dry on that one. No, he was just like, ah, we need somebody. Yeah. So we'll get a lot of that tonight. I thought it was like. So much. Well, they're like, oh, yeah, this week and next week. And I'm like, oh, the opening round? No, I guess all the tournament will be the next two weeks. 
Yes. They also hype up for tonight that Lex Luger and Liz will talk about Starcade. We're going to get Jeff Jarrett versus Billy Kidman. My boy. I couldn't tell if this is for the title or not, but it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. Bret Hart versus Jerry Flynn for the WCW title? Jerry Flynn. My Why? boy. He's going to be the champion. Why the fuck is Jerry Flynn My getting hero. a title match? I love him. And they said Scott Steiner is going to come out to retire. Apparently his back is too injured. You're telling me the big bad booty daddy's going to retire? Wait, did that infamous promo already happen at this point? Or is that later? The math promo. Is that before oh, this oh, or after that's, this? Oh, that's TNA, babe. Oh, wow. So what you're saying is he doesn't stay retired? <laughs> no, he does not. We then get CCK, Chris Champagne Canyon, coming out to the ring with the hose. And Sorry, Mr. no, Bates. I gave them a better name. Oh, yes, you did. Canyon comes to the ring with his champagne problems. I think he's great. He's here to do commentary for Brian Knobs versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Why is he doing commentary for this? Because he's feuding with Bam Bam. Is he? Kinda. I don't know. The line for that is so thin. This is a hardcore match, and uh, on Thunder, Canyon costs Bam Bam a match. Oh, so that's why. Knobs attacks Bam Bam Bigelow before the bell with a trash can and hits some more trash can shots around ringside. Until Bam Bam Bigelow reverses an Irish whip and throws Knobs into the crowd. I think Bam Bam hits Canyon here before he chases after Knobs. But then they go into the crowd. And that's kind of it for this match. And then they just go for a stroll. There is one camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like one of the hard cameras. And you can't see shit. And they make no attempt to get another camera over there. Apparently, Canyon followed them out to do color commentary in the crowd. But I don't even think Canyon could see what was going on. I'm also not convinced Canyon was out there. No, he was because he gets hit by Bam Bam Bigelow at one point and he calls it a cheap shot. However, you just see a blob of movement and it's like, ah. Yeah, I could not see Canyon's standing four feet away from them, but he's just not doing good color commentary. Or really, we need him to do play by play, not color. I think that's part of the problem. Oh, okay, yeah. But regardless, all bad yeah. things. They're just walking. Like, they're just walking for some of this. They like, both have yeah, them by. They're bar- just going for they're a like, walk. each other by the head. Like who's dragging who here? Yeah, a lot of people are just like having a chill stroll tonight. <laughs> There's a moment where Nobs wins. Nobs I guess gets the- Nobs hits Bam Bam with something and gets the pin. And Cannon has to be like, he pinned him. And then we see who of the ref like waving. And then the ref has to like step out a couple more times. And be like, no, ring the bell. He won. It's over. I guess. The crowd booed so hard after that, too. I think they were booing because they couldn't see the whole fucking match. Yeah, this might be the worst presentation of a match. Awful. And I say that as somebody who saw the Junkyard Invitational. Well, I think that this was a match for about 10 people. Well, I understand why the Junkyard Invitational was a mess to shoot. This was just... This was just a bad idea. No, this is just... Bad execution, no bad presentation. No one's going to happen plan. Exactly. Yeah, and like, it's... Ooh, are you telling me that wrestling is scripted, Nick? Modern problems require modern solutions. They fucking wrote this out and told somebody, hey, we're going out to the crowd. Maybe have your camera guy ready. No. I did sarcastically write a hot start. Yeah, we're off to a great start here, kids. That said, this episode is better than last week's. This is that fun garbage. This This is that fun garbage. Although, this show accidentally dragged because of our own file oh issues. my god yeah we kept thinking we were close to being done and then like <laughs> nope you still have an hour we're like fuck yeah that was the most soul crushing part of it because when we like when the glitch happened on the rips end we only had about 20 30 minutes left maybe even less maybe less and i was like okay i can make it and then we went to the peacock file and we literally had like 45 minutes to an hour left 
Like, no. <laughs> no. We go backstage. A white Cadillac arrives. It's Sid and then also Chris Benoit. I'm like, they just carpool. Yeah, apparently. Eco-friendly. And then unrelatedly, a monster truck is also here. Hell yeah. We figure out what that is once we come back from commercial because apparently it's an NWO monster truck. It's a hell of an NWO monster truck too. Also backstage, the NWO accost and then beat up J.J. Dillon. The man's wearing glasses. This is, I think this is a tribute act because, you know, Scott Steiner is going to retire later in the night. Let's beat up J.J. Dillon for old time's sake. One last time. But yeah, so apparently it's an NWO monster truck. The NWO look it over and then uh, look over Sid's car. They're like, ooh, what's this? It's, it's a car, guys. Yeah, but it's Sid's car, so you know something bad was going to happen. Luckily, he didn't park it in spot 22. <laughs> 22! You know what it is. Goldberg's not here. Sid's like, I, I can bring a car to the arena now. I, can I feel bring- safe. <laughs> yeah. We're good now. Well, speaking of Sid, he comes out to the ring, calls out the NWO, and says that payback will be a bitch. Big shouty promo from here. I loved it. It was shouty, but it wasn't good shouty. Nah. I know the kind of shouty that you wanted it to be, and it was not that. Nah, yeah. It was a bit shouty, but he was, this was, more just he was yelling. too measured. He was just yelling. This wasn't shouting. He says that he, Chris Benoit, and Goldberg are teaming up, and I'm like, bud, I don't know how to tell you this, but... uh, I hate to break it to you. That's not happening. Well, he then immediately like acknowledges him. Like, did you write the promo, then go, okay, insert this line here? Because like, well, yeah, I know Goldberg's injured, and... uh. Big Sid's going to step up to the plate. Yeah, I, it didn't make any sense. Which, any baseball imagery from Sid is loved by me because the man would apparently skip WWF dates to go play softball. What a guy. Do you think he ever slid into second base? I think he needed to. I think he played MLB Slugfest where you just punch the guy if you're going to get tagged out. Damn. So Sid's going to face Bret Hart at sold out. That match is just like booked, except uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to. Chris Benoit then comes out and addresses Jeff Jarrett. He compliments Jarrett's talent but says he's lost all respect for Jarrett and thinks Jarrett has lost all respect for himself. I thought this was a good line from Benoit. He challenges Jarrett to triple threat theater. Jesus. Which is a... This was a lot. It's a three stages to hell match, by the way, is just what this is. But every match is so gimmicked. That's like, what the fuck? It is a dungeon rules match to start, followed by a bunkhouse brawl. I'm unclear if these are literally back to back to back or throughout the night. I'm not sure. Well, Can't wait to see it. It's sold out. And then a caged heat match. Caged heat. Okay. I thought, I thought I said caged teeth. I, I don't know. I thought there were going to be like spikes on the cage. I don't know. He said, I had a special cage made up. That's why I was like, oh, it's a caged teeth match. He hits his silent but violent catchphrase in another line that made us uncomfortable. Ugh. Let's just address it now. None of these matches happen. Not Sid and Bret Hart at sold out. Not the triple threat theater. We don't get to know if it's a cage heat or cage teeth match because none of this fucking matters. Why would they spend time on this? Well, they don't know that that's not going to happen yet. Why don't they know that it's going to happen? Because Bret Hart hasn't retired yet. What? The whole reason these matches don't happen is the Nitro before sold out. Bret Hart goes, I'm oh. concussed, can't wrestle anymore, here's the title. Oh, shit. And then additionally, for whatever reason, Jeff Jarrett's like, I'm also a bit concussed and probably shouldn't wrestle. Wait, but- the chosen one? <laughs> yeah. He taps out? Wow. So, Bret retires, Jarrett's out for sold out, they're going to do a tournament, so we don't get any of this, and then... 
sold out as Crispin lost last night at the company. So he's gone. So we'll never get to see this triple threat theater match. No. Wow. <laughs> this was such a waste of time. This was an incredible waste of time. An unbelievable waste of time. Yeah. Like the hindsight on this, the writers probably at this time are like, this is going to be amazing. We're already giving you the car for sold out. You wanted this. Yeah, I, I hate it. It's like, oh, hey, well, let's actually book shit and hype it up. Although then again, maybe the uh, match wouldn't happen based on the main event of tonight. Honestly, I've forgotten what the main event is. We'll get there when we talk about it. So yeah, we're never going to see any of that. And I am wondering how much of the build to this pay-per-view is sabotage. Because some of the lower card stuff, I'm like, okay, you can still do that. That's unrelated to yeah. the WWE World title match. Yeah. I'm hoping that this isn't a waste of four weeks. Oh, we know it's still going to be. Oh, Nick, look into your soul and tell me that you believe the words that just came out of your mouth. I'm hoping only half of it is a waste, is my hope. Say what you know to be true. It, it's just sound of silence playing. <laughs> well, let's go um, let's go backstage. Speaking of classic rock, Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top are here, folks. You're skipping over the NWO spray painting Sid's car. We don't give Kevin Nash enough credit for arti- his artistic ability. Oh, his rendering it... of Sid is pretty great. And, He's pretty good. He did it quickly. And uh, do you want to share the don't dead open inside moment on the, uh, on the hood? Sorry, on the windshield? <laughs> What was it supposed to say? It said something, but it basically like the NWO is suck. This is suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they said, I, we have to look back at the picture of it. But yeah, there was a don't dead open inside moment on the windshield. Also, I'm pretty sure that Bret Hart wrote the word dick on the hood and then had to like kind of scribble it out with more paint. So sorry if we didn't linger on the uh, NWO spray paint job. We'll make it up to you later. Sid finds his car after we see ZZ Top and Leonard Skinner's lead singers, and uh, he's pissed off about his car. And then, I know we tend to dabble in our musical impressions, but we basically hear, Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> and I'm like, this cannot be Buzzkill. And you turn to me and go, how do you know Buzzkill's music? I'm like, it's the Road Dogs music. It's the New Age Outlaws. Buzzkill comes out doing a road dog promo it's so blatant and it's so shit it's really sad honestly yeah like if i was their mother i would just look at them and be like boys what are you doing i mean brad what are you doing bradley take a good hard look at yourself in the mirror bradley it's time to come home <laughs> buzzkill is out here for his lethal lottery tag team match his partner is Mike Rotunda, who comes out with the rest of the Varsity Club, including the way, Leia Meow. It's Rotundo. You have been saying Rotunda is it? for so long. Is it? It's Rotundo. No, it's not. It's Rotundo. It's Rotunda. Then, then the title card had it wrong. Okay, because it's Rotunda. They called him Rotundo on commentary, too, and his name card said Rotundo. Okay, he... In my defense... <laughs> His shoot name is Mike Rotunda. Actually, it's Lawrence Mike Rotunda. Apparently, he is listed under ring names as Mike Rotundo. Okay. I don't know why, but... But I caught that. I was like, Nick's been saying his fucking name wrong. Never forget that Bray Wyatt's shoot name is Wyndham Lawrence Rotunda. Yeah, no one was doing him any favors as a child. Well, after Barry Wyndham. That doesn't make it better. Then we get Conan coming out with the filthy animals, including Eddie Guerrero. Yay! We, we weren't sure if we'd see again. I'm so happy. We haven't seen these guys in a while. 
So this tag team match is going to be Buzzkill and Mike Rotunda, or Rotundo. Rotundo. Brochambo. Versus Conan and Dean Malenko. Would you believe it? Two groups who have a feud against each other have two members in a tag team match. That can't be. It's so crazy that these were randomly drawn. It's so random. Additionally, in a change of pace, and because we were watching the VHS rip, the revolution come out to what I think might be a new theme. God, I haven't heard you say that in so long. <laughs> yeah, the Filthy has been, been consistent. That said, Emily, I have to ask you, the Filthy Animals theme, does it slap now? <laughs> it, it grew on me. It definitely grew. Because it started as like, it started as Conan's music, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Is it Stockholm slap? <laughs> <laughs> no, because it started as like a slow banger. And it just like, or it, just, it was a slow burn banger. It did not slap. It's a, it's a slow burn banger. But once you're into it, you're in it. So the Revolutions theme, I'm like, this feels like a knockoff of something, but I can't identify it. It so, probably is. A- so it's possible that like it is just you know a network dub on, on the network. It's possible. So Rotunda and Dean start. They chain wrestle for a bit, and then Buzzkill tags in and gets the better of Dean. So Conan tags in. We get a rolling clothesline, and then a face buster from Conan. It's his signature and finisher. Then he tags in Dean, even though he could have just pinned Buzzkill. They start fighting. Then the two groups, uh, as part of the, the team fight, Dean gets Buzzkill in the Cloverleaf. Asia distracts the ref from inside the ring for some reason. Leia Meow jumps on her back. Hacksaw Jim Duggan runs out, hits Dean with a 2 by 4 and then Buzzkill pins Dean. Did you get all so, that? We had to stop and like collect our thoughts, because what the fuck? Which... Just to note, Hacksaw helped the Varsity Club win a match, even though they turned on him at the pay-per-view. Right. But Buzzkill and Mike Rotunda are going to the next round. Why? (laughs) It didn't make any sense. Watching it, talking about it, it's just like I barely even followed what you were saying. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to follow it if I didn't watch that match. This was a bad omen for the Lethal Lottery Tournament. Yeah. It was just so much chaos that it was almost, it was so close to being fun chaos. But it was just chaotic chaos. I did pop Emily earlier when I went to Ace Hardware. And I'm like, I need to get a hacksaw. Like, what? <laughs> I have a hacksaw next to me in my chair. Oh. Hello. But yeah, this was basically not a match. This was this was just chaotic chaos. I'm sure that's it for that for the night. For sure. We go outside. The NWO try to get into the production truck and can't. So then they pull the plug on the show. Does that happen now? Oh, yeah, it does. Jeez. And when they come back from commercial, the camera is like a little bit fuzzy. <laughs> I thought that was a good touch. Oh, it was a good touch. It didn't help that we were watching a VHS rip, so the whole show had already yeah. been a bit shit. But, but I could <laughs> see what they were trying to do, and yeah. I appreciated it. Yeah. It's like, wow, you guys actually are putting a little bit of production value in this. Well, in the snowy picture, as they call it, a limo arrives, and it's Scott Steiner. Rick helps him out of the limo and pulls a wheelchair out of the trunk, and uh, they head towards the ring. And it will take them so long that we will have a match in between. <laughs> Scott Snyder is wearing a back brace. And he does yeah. move himself to seem like very injured. He's so not it's... wearing sunglasses. He, he doesn't look like himself. He really doesn't. Which is so weird. He looks like himself from a few weeks ago when we saw that interview. Oh, that weird vignette interview? Yeah. yeah that was weird. I always forget how small his he eyes are. He looks like Scott Reichsteiner, not yeah. Scott Steiner. He just looks like a guy. His eyes are so small. 
elsewhere, the NWO smash up catering and then tag the wall. I think both of us like left it unsaid, but like that's a wall to the venue. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to pay for that you know, or repaint the wall. Also, Jeff Jarrett just needs to put down the fucking spray paint. <laughs> it's like you gave a kid a box of, mo- of markers and just said go ham. Like he needs to stop. Well, are they smelly markers? Maybe. <laughs> So let's go to our second match. Second, third, I don't fucking... Let's go to our last fucking Vincent match we're ever going to have to watch in this show. Sorry, who? Shane, Curly Bill, Virgil. The fuck you want to call him? It's Shane versus Tank Abbott. And you said that I've told you it's the last Virgil match before. This is it. This is really it. Are you fucking positive? Yes. He only does Thunder matches on shows I don't think we were going to review. Nick, we have done this. This is our third time now claiming that this is someone's last match. If this is the third time that you're wrong. done it more than three times. When you're the ones that like you say are his final and are you're wrong. Jericho, Savage, and Curly Bill will be third. Okay. One, it was Jericho's last match. He was on Nitro television after that. No, he was on pay-per-view. Whatever. You're forgetting Warrior, by the way. I fucked up. Oh, Warrior. you did fuck up. That was so early on. Yeah. Oh, my God. Savage? No. Savage, we... You fucked up Savage. No, I told you he came back. I just didn't know when. He he does a he does a random battle royal appearance in, like, April. You just you backtrack. You you, you backpedal. I think I said this last time Virgil's on pay-per-view, but mm. this is the last time Virgil appears on Nitro in a match. See, it's it's all this shit. It's all these look, little nuances. Look, pro fight database doesn't tell me when the last time they fucking show up. It tells me their last <laughs> matches. All right, this little nuance that like catches him. It's the last Virgil match. Okay, he gets killed. Literally, just Jesus. Tank works him over. He's, yeah, they even say he's facing Tank Abbott. Tank works him over in the corner. Apparently, on Thunder, Tank Tank Abbott punched Doug Dillinger and he cost like ten thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Tank Abbott's the master of just like, let's go to the corner. Master and ruler of like, the universe. Honestly, he goes to the corner more than Kevin Nash does. And that's fucking saying something. That is saying something. That Kevin Nash at least has corner. like things he does and not just like, here's some awkward punches. He doesn't do much in the corner, though. He does his, his square up and he sh- throws an elbow at him and that's it. It's more visible. Tank Abbott's just like, here's some subtle punches and then, oh, now you're knocked out. Tank Abbott I mean, wins. he was out cold. Tank Abbott wins. Bill Billy Curl was Billy way Curl. out cold. <laughs> yeah, so Shane's out. Who? Security tells Tank Abbott to leave, and uh, and he does. <laughs> Admittedly, I don't know why we'd see Virgil again. Stop! You keep burying yourself. No, based on what we see later, the whole squad of Vince Russo's goons, they're not a thing anymore. Yeah, because the Elso got destroyed. Yeah. They have no home. Oh, that means more, no more La Porca. Oh. Oh. That is kind of sad. He was on Thunder. Yeah. Oh. But, like, I know he starts going by Mike Jones, which is, like, his shoot name. But In WCW? Yeah. So I do have to see this fuck face again. He, he dresses, like, two more matches on Thunder and then, and then live shows. That's literally it. And in like two weeks, Nick's going to be like, what if we start watching Thunder? And then he's going to come back. Well, the problem is that the last Thunder was really important, it seems like. I do, I do have two or three Thunders in the in the cards for episodes we have to review. 
And with my luck. Virgil's going to be on them. Fucking Shane, Vincent, Virgil, Billy. Chris Jericho is going to face the Ultimate Warrior somehow. <laughs> the Giant's going to come back. God. And then we're just going to end this podcast. Yeah. Like, Nick doesn't know anything. <laughs> so they're building up Tank Abbott. I Like, how do you feel about Tank Abbott? Aggressively neutral. Like, could you see him working in main event program or no? No. That'll be important later on. He does, doesn't he? Well, we will get to that because that's an important They want question. him to be like a Goldberg-level monster. Yes. I don't think it works. You know what it legitimately feels like? And it's weird to say because he just left. We've talked about it recently. You remember the Brawl for All? I sure do. How the whole thing was a vehicle to get Steve Williams over to face Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. It seems like Vince Russo is trying to give Tank Abbott the push he intended for Steve Williams in WWF. If oh. Steve Williams had won the Brawl for All. Interesting take. It's not going to work, but... It didn't work for Steve Williams either. Well, Steve Williams lost the Brawl for All. That's why it killed mm, him. That's true. He lost the shoot fighting tournament. If it doesn't work once, try again. Fool me once, shame on Steve Williams. Fool me twice. Shame on Oklahoma. <laughs> Who we still haven't seen, but I know Vampiro. comes back. Vampiro. It's the only good thing that that man ever did. Let's say Vampiro like that. No. That's it. Let's move on. The Steiners head towards the ring. We get They a- are rolling to the ring. I had the keep rolling, rolling, rolling in my head the whole time. We get a retirement package done by, I guess, you know, the company and Turner Broadcasting. And it's it's well done. It goes on a little long, but like it's very melodramatic to the point where you were like, is this a shoot? I, yeah, it got me for a second. I, I really honestly for a second thought like maybe he was told by a doctor, like I'm telegraphing. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. But it really did get me where I'm like, maybe a doctor did tell him your back is fucked. You cannot wrestle again. And there was like an edge like miracle where he like works through it and has this life altering surgery and he's okay again. He can get back in the ring and work and everything has changed. Everything's happy and like whatever. I was I was ready to buy this. Yeah, so so the signers come out to Steinerize, to which you you literally were like, Jimmy Hart's fingerprints are all fucking over this. <laughs> that was a Jimmy Hart bop. Did it slap? It did slap. So Rick hugs Scott and then heads to the back. Scott gets like really emotional, like puts yeah. on a really good performance. That's here. why I'm like, I could buy this. Yeah, he like, tears up, shares the doctor's prognosis that it's like, yeah, my back is fucked. I'm not going to wrestle again. And like, I, ah. I hate a fake retirement. It yes. is my least favorite angle of all of wrestling. I hate it. So we get some big Scotty chants. Like, oh, like the crowd like is receptive to this. Like they, They're buying it. Yeah. That's why I think this is so fucking cruel. This is just mean. Yeah. Like he really struggles to get out the line. The toughest thing is not being able to wrestle with his brother again. Mr. Perfect did this shit too. Yeah. Kurt Henning, whatever. Ah, I or, hate this shit. Or as you called him when we were watching. Yeah, Lex Luger did this. And I'm like, no, Lex Luger did the whole funeral thing. Like, ah, the same person. Lex, in my head, Lex Luger, Kurt Hedding, and I can't explain this one, Dolph Ziggler. They're all the same fucking person in my head. Well, Dolph Ziggler wants to be Kurt Hedding. They are all the same person. I Every time I look at Dolph, I'm like, Kurt. Oh, yeah. He can't. He, he desperately else. wants to be Mr. Perfect. I can't. Emily, 
I can never Dolph think Ziggler's of his actual name. Dolph Ziggler's theme song used to start with, I am perfection. Oh, I didn't know that. He desperately was going for that. So Scott Steiner goes to leave, and then we get the NWO music hitting, and the three come out. And this is when I knew it was fucked up. Security guards surround the ring, and then the NWO go, go to get in, and they're just gone. Like, like what? Commentary even knows, like, oh, good, security's here. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're gone. That's fine. Bret Hart then mocks Scott Steiner having to retire early, which came off a little eerie. Yeah, especially because he retires in like two weeks, weeks, two weeks. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. So Brett mocked Scott and was like, you know, to be honest, you're never really that good to begin with. Are you just like writing the speech that you want people to say in your retirement? Yeah. Then they throw Steiner's wheelchair out of the ring and uh, Jarrett fake cries. Nash grabs a mic and like it's it's hard to tell what's a shoot, what's a work here because the mic is like kind of having issues. It's strange yeah it's really hard again so it's fucking working me so in response to the mic having issues jared goes out and hits a pa over the head with the guitar as one does that's how you fix audio problems apparently yeah that's that's what we do we have audio issues here we have gone through a lot of pas yeah listen when we recorded the january 4th you know double episode and we didn't end up recording the entirety of Raw and realized oh it God. at the end. I forgot about that. You know, I hit a PA over the head with the guitar. Was the PA me? Because it was my fault that we didn't record all of Raw. My mic was unplugged, remember? this was That was my yeah, fault. No, yeah, you bumped it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh my God. That was such a bad night. I think you too. slept on the couch. I think you were so angry at me. You slept on the couch. I think we were already mad at each other, too. I think we were. That was during COVID. We were living in a 600-square-foot apartment. We can't. Yeah. yeah, we were mad at each other a lot. So we go to commercial after the PA gets God. taken out. Back from commercial, they're still here. It's like, oh, okay. Let's go one by one and make sure the crowd knows that we're fucking heels. Because, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this goes on. For so damn long. Way too long. Nash has the mic, says, whoever took their baseball bats, bad move. Shouldn't have done that. Got him. Okay. What are you going to do? He then tells Bill Bush from Turner to, like, worry about TV. We'll take care of the wrestling business. Like, stop poking your nose in here. He says that the office can take the titles, but it's only a matter of time before he and Hall win them back. He also says that Scott will be here tonight. Jeff Jarrett then teases a survey, Scott Hall style, and then tells him, I got your survey right here, and grabs his dick. That never works. That's never worked. That's almost as bad as the thing that um, Scott Hall does that never works. Down where? Yeah, down where. (laughs) Never, never plays. Nash then threatens Goldberg, and Bret Hart talks shit to him, (laughs) which a line that got a pop out of both of us was, let me tell you about Bill Goldberg. And we're like, oh, here it's we go. Beginning. <laughs> it has begun. We can send Goldberg an invitation. What if we get Goldberg and Bret Hart at our wedding? Jesus Christ. Yeah, what if? Hart says they're going to kick Sid's ass. Now it's Jeff Jarrett's turn. He does the whole heel shtick. We fucking get it. Like, I do admire the fact that they're like, no, we're not trying to be cool heels this time. We're just heels. I guess, we're bad yeah. guys, like, you know, we're we're not Hulk Hogan desperately wanting to be loved. Yeah, that, yes. 
You know, we're not going to lose a match on pay-per-view and then come out the next night on Nitro and be like, no, I won. What are you talking about? <laughs> not going to gaslight the audience. No, you didn't, you didn't buy it. What are you talking about? <laughs> you weren't there. So then we get Sid driving his car to the ring. And I'm like, this is a dangerous spot because there's spray paint all over the fucking glass. He has Chris Benoit in the car with him and they have the NWS baseball bats. Why did they feel the need to like come down in the car? I don't. That I don't know. I feel like it would have been just as powerful if they like brought the car to the, like the top of the ramp or something and walked down the ramp from there with the bats. Or just didn't bring the car out at all. Or don't bring the car out. Exactly. They clean house until Kurt Hennig comes in for some reason. I guess he's NWO too. I don't know, but we don't see Russo at all in this episode. So he gets thrown onto the hood of the car, takes a nice safe bump there, and uh, back from commercial, Kurt Hennig gets stretchered out of the arena. <laughs> this was a mess of a segment. But it was really a segment of two halves. It, it was. It was the retirement and then it was the NWO. I loved the first half of the segment. Yeah, it was a good retirement. Yeah, and it like reaffirmed the NWO as like, no, we're dickhead heels. We're not fun heels. Like, If they had cut that down to like a third of the time. Well, I'm saying until they got to the commercial. Like that, mm, yeah. that was great. Like If they just got left there. I don't know. Even then, I think that was too long. They just, they dragged it out for too much. And, and then post-commercial, this just like dragged. And I think a lot of it was Jeff Jarrett. It's, it's the same disease that Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan suffer from. They, and Ray, Ric Flair, that he's also suffers from this, cannot be the one to not have the last word. It almost felt like the reverse here. Each of them was like. Well, surely you have more to say. Surely you have more to say. Like, I guess. I feel like any of them actually wanted less word. They kept like, well, I don't have a button for this. So do you have one? Talk for five minutes. I guess. Yeah. But still, it's just like finish a segment. Yeah. Ugh. Luckily, Kurt Hennig's here to get thrown onto a car. So, Emily, I don't know if you're, if you're willing to believe this or not. but I'm um, probably going to believe it. We see a lot more of the NWO throughout the night. Yeah, that sounds about fucking right. But let's go to our next Lethal Lottery tag team match, Random Partners. It is Harlem Heat being tagged together. What? Versus, How lucky. Versus Lash LaRue. Wild. And Midnight. I feel bad for Lash LaRue in this. Lash LaRue, once again, being randomly inserted into a tag team feud. He just got the short end of the stick here. Because, like, basically, he got thrown into a feud that he has absolutely nothing to do with. And was just told, like, go play. So exactly what he was doing going into Starcade. Yeah. Lash LaRue gets the short end of the stick a lot. I don't think he's a good wrestler. Yeah, Admittedly, the teams here but... were, were unclear to start because I guess we didn't hear them saying like, oh, Harlem Heat is tagged up together. I thought It we... didn't look like they were coming out together. It looked like Booker was coming out with Stevie. It looked like Stevie Ray was in the match. Yeah. And then we heard Lash LaRue. I'm like, oh, who like, are they facing? And it yeah. was like, oh, Midnight. And who else? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It's... Harlem Heat versus Midnight and Lash LaRue. Okay. And that was kind of a theme that continued through the show, too, of, like, unclear of who is in what team and, like, the well, matches. It, it didn't help that half the teams were like, hey, here's one member of this, like, seven-person stable. Yeah. And here's the song for the stable. When you say the way you see who right. comes out. It's, yeah, it was very difficult to keep track of. So Booker and Lash start fairly up-tempo, as you would kind of expect from the two of them. Yeah. You get a bookend to Lash. Stevie tags in and actually does stuff. We're like, <laughs> so <laughs> yes, he does stuff. But Booker starts with like 
good wrestling. And then Stevie tags in, and it's just a beatdown. It strikes like two hand chokes. There's a difference between these two men. Midnight tags in, and then uh, Stevie overpowers Midnight, and Booker is not happy out on the apron. Midnight hits a snap suplex, and to me, I saw it as a one count. You saw it as a three somehow. No, it was, I swear to God, he tapped, he did it three times. Booker tags in and is out wrestling Midnight, but stops short of a couple moves, including like he has his like like sidekick like ready and does like ninety percent and is like. Nope, never mind. And oh, then, yeah, I forgot. And You're a woman. And then he's going to hit a backbreaker and like goes to do it. And I was like, oh, never mind. And He was looking real gentle with her on some moves. Well, that was the whole point was that he was going, oh, no, I don't want to hit this on you. Yeah, but like that backbreaker they did, it was like she's just like laying. It's fine. She's fine. Exactly. He didn't do the move was the was the point. Yeah. No, no. The one that was like over his knee. Yeah. That he, move. Oh, yeah. It looks so sloppy because he does the move, but then he's like, oh, no, I didn't actually do it. And oh. we're like, wait, what? Okay, that doesn't make any sense. No, exactly. It was like, it was so weird. They're like, oh, wait. So Stevie comes in to get question Booker and is like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm sorry. Stevie's not wrong. Dissension. <laughs> you know, great. I'm aware it's a woman. She is a competitor. You know, she's a legal competitor in this match. Yes. And like, look, I... Admittedly, We've had this conversation before. Yes. Admittedly, I can more get the, let me not kick this woman in the face, but like a wrestling maneuver. Yeah. I think that's fair game. Mm-hmm. But no, Booker's like, I won't do anything. And I'm like, what the fuck is this match then? Yeah. What's the point just of actually it, having the just match? Just lay down, Booker. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. You're, like you said, it's different if you're not going to like blatantly kick her in the face. You're not going to like close hand punch her in the nose. Like, sure. Those are different. Yeah. But she's a wrestler. Do wrestling moves on her and she'll be fine. She'll take it. Stevie does make sure to point out that he's the heel by he slapjacks Booker and it's like, oh, wait, was that a mistake? And then he slapjacks Midnight and it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess he's fine. We just do whatever. And then he slapjacks Lash LaRue and I guess Lash is supposed to land on top of Booker Mm -hmm. because you can see out of the corner of the frame Slick Johnson grabs Lash LaRue's arm and puts it over Booker in order to do a three count. He does try to do it, like, he as tries to be quickly quick, as but, possible. Like, yeah, like, they should have cut another, like, half second, but, yeah. Oh, you, my God. You see him just it go. Was oh, hilarious. Go. Consummate professional. Getting <laughs> I, the job done. I saw it had to rewind. I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Lash, Lash LaRue gets the pin on a knocked out Booker, and he and Midnight win as Stevie walks out. This does feel like an actual breakup. I don't know. I can't see him and Booker tagging together again. It's hard to tell because this is like the third breakup that we've had of Harlem Heat in the last calendar year. It's well, It's been arguments, but I think this is the most like I have fully attacked my brother. I guess. It'll make Booker look bad at this point if they team up together again. Yeah. But I wouldn't put it past him. No. We go backstage. The mysterious masked man who attacked Shane last week attacks Chavo Guerrero. We've got no more content on like who this person might be. Context. We got no more context on who this person might be. He's and we just see them short. later. They have long blonde hair, I guess. But do we see them later? Apparently, apparently it was them. I we get somebody getting attacked later, and there's long blonde hair, but it's no more context for who it is. Long blonde hair, like of a woman, or it kind of looked like that. Yeah. Some of the Asia. No, I don't think so. Because I'm thinking of somebody short in stature. They've been crouching when they do tags. I don't know. No, this guy was like like five foot. He was tiny. 
I don't know, but I, I also, I legitimately have no idea who this is, so. Yeah. We then get the first of a couple Revolution video packages, <laughs> just them roaming around Washington, D.C. I do want to note that they say that th- these are being filmed on December 18th, yes. which means that these were filmed before Starcade. They're filmed when they were in D.C. It takes time to edit film together. These are all one shot. It takes time. Minus the intro graphic. Exactly. It's hard. They could have done these the next night. It's hard. They're busy. So the revolution are at the Washington Monument. They trash talk George Washington. And <sighs> Perry Saturn points out that uh, they're at the reflecting pool. And he's like, speaking of history, didn't they film Forrest Gump here? <laughs> Which got a pop out of both of us. I really love Perry Saturn in these segments. Perry Saturn could not give less of a fuck. So they, really call, they call somebody in to do some... Oh, a local. A local. And giant quotation trivia. marks. And it's like, you know what today is? The guy goes, the 18th. And it's like, wrong. Apparently it is the 18th. But it's like, no, this is the way they buried that son of a bitch or something. I have no idea yeah. anything you said. Wait, what George day is Washington. it? This is when they buried that son of a bitch? What? Apparently it's the 200 year anniversary of George Washington's funeral. Oh, okay. Even though he died on the 14th, but I guess the funeral was actually on the 18th. Yeah, that sounds right. So yeah, they're like, no, it's this. You don't even know that. I'm like, well, who the fuck knows that? Well, also you're just being addicted. You know what today is? Like, yeah, it's it's the 18th. Like, be more specific. Yeah. Also, who the fuck knows that? Even if you are a DC local, which this guy was not. No, he was just some lad. He was just some guy. So let's go to our WCW title match halfway through the show. Although I guess in Bret Hart's reign, that's pretty common. Yes. It's Bret Hart versus Jerry Flynn. So admittedly, I did not hear that this match was announced earlier. I heard them say Jerry Flynn versus somebody, and I didn't rewind. So when I saw it was Bret Hart, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Again, what did Jerry Jerry Flynn Flynn do to earn this title match? He was just Jerry Flynn. That's not enough. He revolutionized wrestling by creating the block. He showed his, like, wrestling skill by taking on anybody in a hardcore setting. He deserves to be champion. And he apparently deserves to be wrestling street clothes for some reason. Yeah, why not? And then Brett wrestles in his NWO shirt as well. Like, he doesn't tuck it in or anything. It just, like, it doesn't look good. I don't think he's trying to look good. I don't know. Like, Jarrett wrestles in his, like, in his, like you know, cut tank top yeah. NWO shirt. It looks good. Here, just, like, it Remember looks when the Ray the had the giant LWO t-shirt? It was, like, one week. Was that only one week? Wow. I wish that they gave it to him, and then he maybe wore it once, and after that, it was just like, oh, Eddie got injured, so. I could have sworn he wore it for longer than that. It's not long. Yeah. So we have very differing opinions on this match, because yeah. I have virtually no notes for this match, and you, you enjoyed this match. You just called it mindless brawling. Yeah, that's mostly what I have. I enjoyed it, because it felt like I was actually watching two guys wrestle, which is so rare in this show these days. It has been rare for a long time, where we actually see two competent wrestlers wrestling, that, like, when it happens, I'm like, wow, wrestling. Yeah, I, I think we get that moment a couple times later in the show, but... I disagree. I mean, like, they, to me, they brawl and just kind of go around ringside brawl. Like, the first notable move here is after Jarrett and Nash come out to ringside, Brett hits a DDT, and I'm like, okay, well, that's a move. It was it was well-paced. It was energetic. It, it was wrestling. It was not, like, the high-flying flippy shit that I usually like, but it was not bad. I mean, you you say that somebody who usually loves the Bret Hart matches, but you were kind of like, eh, whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm not really a Bret Hart fan. So commentary notes that it's sold out. It'll be Tank Abbott versus Jerry Flynn in the block. See, not interested in that match. 
We get a spin kick from Flynn. Nash distracts the ref, so Jarrett can hit Flynn with the baseball bat. Brett locks in the sharpshooter, but Flynn is just knocked out, so Brett wins by, you know, TKO. Yeah. They then tag Flynn with, with the spray paint. There's a moment where Kevin Nash is, like, lining up to, like, basically murder Jerry Flynn. Like, yeah. Has the baseball bat, like, what if I just, like, caved his skull in? <laughs> Intrusive and, thoughts. Yeah, but, like, never actually does it. No, this match was, there was no story. There was no reason. But I probably would have given this a fairly high score if yeah. the NWO did not interfere. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of nothing to For me. the card that it's on, I think it's yeah. good. Post-match, Tank Abbott then comes out, punches Flynn, knocks him out. Cool. This is kind of like, yeah, we've matched him. Cool. I wasn't into this at all. And admittedly, I'm wondering if some of it is the fact that I know I'm like, Brett's done in, in you know, a week or two. And just like, I have no expectations for him yeah. in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, oh, we are going to watch a Thunder match in the next episode. Oh, goody. Because uh, it's Bret Hart's last match. He wrestles Terry Funk in a hardcore match. Oh, God. That could be fun. Yeah. Well, it, it could be really fun for someone with a concussion. Yeah. Terry Funk probably also has a concussion. That man's always concussed. Uh, this is not the match where Terry Funk gets kicked by a horse. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just want to uh, note that. I don't know when that happens, but I know that will happen. We get more revolution in the, in the Capitol. It's January 6th, the Roman storm of the Capitol. No. <laughs> They are outside the Capitol building for this one. I, th- I forget if they actually mentioned it in the previous segment, but Perry Saturn is like, oh, I saw the guy. And we're not sure who the guy is. I thought it was George Washington, but... Yeah, I thought he was referring to George Washington, too. So Perry has a net to catch some guy. In short, they hate America. The government's a bunch of liars. Listen, nothing they were saying was incorrect. Not in this segment, but the next segment, I think. Perry Saturn invokes the Grinch. <laughs> and we'll get more of these guys later. I love them. It's Perry Saturn your MVP for this show. I love Perry Saturn. This was like exactly the kind of like levity that I needed. I need a bumbling idiot sometimes. Go backstage. Kevin Nash calls Scott and tells him to get here. In our cut from the network match of the night. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So we peeked a little bit about what was cut. This definitely was. Yes. And I don't really know why. Just the technical difficulties and... Yeah, it was not there, but this is uh, PG-13, who we saw up here last week, and admittedly, I do not do not know the names of. I did not expect you to. One's like Ice Cool or something like that. So, by the way, they were teamed together in the what? Lethal Water Tournament. How did that happen? Yeah, it's, it's good they were, because yeah. no one would have known who they were besides that. They are teamed with Rick Steiner and Berlin, with See, Lamb this, Meow. This is one that's like, this could be super random this oh, could yeah. actually be a random match yes they the, the rick Snyder berlin thing definitely came off as random uh pg-13 come out in titans jerseys which is just to heal on the crowd because the houston oilers moved to tennessee and became the titans ah sports and i like kind of forgot until they started doing it. i'm like oh yeah they have a rapping gimmick they weren't bad they weren't bad they they weren't as good as the acclaimed i'd say they're close but not as good as john cena but they're probably better than a lot of the other ones. Yeah. They're better than um, when Jesse of Jesse and Festus became a rapper. I think they're better than John Cena. Did you say they're on par with John Cena? John Cena's cringy. You've only seen early. John Cena gets better. Thugonomics? Seen... I don't know, man. They said they're not better than Kurt Angle when he feuds with John Cena. <laughs> John Cena as a rapper is that I've not seen it any way other than just absolute cringe. 
admittedly, we did stop watching SmackDown and all that around WrestleMania 19. So I think he gets better after that because admittedly before that, yes, he is cringe. But like the clips I've seen of him online too. Neither here nor there. Let's just move on. So when Berlin comes out, I don't know if they reverted his theme or the network has been doing a weird thing because he comes back to that like O Fortuna version that I yeah. like. I like that version better. I don't remember what he comes out to on Peacock. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's like, wait, shit, what does he come out to? What's it's not he, this. What does he come out to? What is his music? For what it's worth, Rick Snyder does come out to the Varsity Club song and not yes, Signerized. So I, I was like, that's kind of weird. I feel like he should come out to Signerized. No, I mean, it makes sense. That's the part of the faction that he's in right now. The commentary notes that Rick Snyder is distracted while he's on the apron. It's like, look, he has a lot on his mind. His brother's retiring. Yeah. He's in this shit match that he's absolutely too good to be in. And during this match is the first and only time they mention that Nitro is now from 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, oh. starting next week. So they really waited until halfway through the show. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to actually say next week. They're like, yep, yeah, we're only going until 10 o'clock. Or are they just going to let people figure it out? Berlin works over PG-13 until he distracts himself by taunting his own partner. Then Rick just gets in the ring and starts killing PG-13. Berlin walks out. Should be a count out, but it's not. If just one part of the tag team walks out, the that le- should be a count out? The legal man. Oh, I legal man. Steiner just keeps throwing PG-13 around and like is really roughing him up. Like, gee, they yeah, earned their money this the week. Yeah, because why the fuck is he in this match? Yeah. We get a Brett's rope belly to belly from Steiner and he gets the pin. Rick then keeps attacking PG-13, including the spot where he gets them on the top rope and then tries to drop them crotch first onto the top rope. And... It works with one of them, but the other one's just not taking that bump no. and he weirdly falls. It's like, ooh, that looks good. Yeah, weird. he kind of like flopped and botched it for himself. So, in a note to remember, just, you know, put this in a little pocket. The referee reverses the decision because he kept beating up his, his opponents. Yes, yeah, so PG-13 won. Yes. So PG-13 advanced because Rick yes. Steiner just would not stop the beatdown. Yes. Remember that. Remember that. But let's move on. Mm-hmm. We go to a locker room. Perry Saturn appears to talk to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's like, look, I know we have issues, but we're partners tonight. I know, Lethal Lottery Tournament. Weirdly teaming up what? people who are feuding. I know we've got our differences, but we can bring it together. They're partners against Asia and Norman Smiley. And Perry Saturn's like, hey, like, let's work together and actually win. Comes off very reasonable. Yes. <laughs> Important to note as Maybe well. Maybe not a bumbling idiot. Yeah. He's like, no, I want, I want to win. I think he's just over the revolution, so he's trying to get kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> also remember this, because Perry Saturn did nothing wrong tonight. I love Perry Saturn. We get more revolution package in front of the White House this time. They talk about William Jefferson Clinton and second president to ever be impeached. Not the last president. Perry then catches a guy in a Bill Clinton mask and um, Shane Douglas and Dean Michael have a moment of like, God, he's an idiot. But, you know, he's better than a typical American. <laughs> they're like, you know, I love the guy. Like, it was one of those, like, look, they're annoyed by him, but they still love him. Like, okay. It's something. I'm glad to see that there's still love for Perry Saturn in this group. Oh, that it was the, the segment prior to this one. They weren't in front of the Capitol. They were in front of the Library of Congress. Oh, was it? Yeah. Because I remember they were in front of the Library of Congress because they were talking about, like, the government's lying to you and all the proof that I need to prove to you that they're lying to you, is in this building. And he comes out with the fucking Horton Hears a Who. Or the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, okay. It was in front of the Co- Library of Congress. Missed the library. Messing me up. He had a book. 
<laughs> that doesn't say anything. All of Dr. Seuss's work is in the Library of Congress. The original text? Yes. <laughs> he did not have the original text. He had a fucking... I don't know. I'm pretty... Like, they have, like, original manuscripts of shit I'm there. saying Perry didn't have it. Perry had a story No, but the Library of Congress does. Uh, let's move on to Perry's match. It's Perry Saturn and Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Norman Smiley and Asia. Shane Douglas comes out with Asia, as does Dean Malenko, and, but Douglas hops on commentary. Emily, why is Hacksaw still in the janitor gear? I think he only brought one outfit. He's wearing nothing underneath? No. He's freeballing? Yeah. We get some massive USA chants here. Like, Jesus, we are in Texas. Can we say that shoes from Texas are dumb? Almost immediately, Hacksaw starts attacking Perry Saturn. I'm like, yeah, this man why? has no idea what's going on. Norman teases a big wiggle, but then hits a big vertical suplex instead. Norman then goes for the big wiggle on Saturn in a spot that I never like. The weird spanking spot. Yeah, it's very unnecessarily sexual. Yeah, I like it just in a vacuum. I wanted you to mm-hmm. do it into the air. Do it on a vacuum. <laughs> Perry German suplexes Norman as he screams. Also hits a pump handle suplex on him and then goes for a big diving elbow drop. And this is a twofold complaint about the spot. One, Perry gets so much air that he like kind of lands on his feet to like save himself. Yeah. But two, I guess we didn't know what Norman is wearing. He's wearing catcher's gear for the Houston Astros. He's wearing an Astros jersey. It doesn't. Cl- it, it's not an obvious Astros. No, because he's wearing the gear, wearing the pad over the gear. Yeah. Yes. It's catcher's pad. It's not hard. Okay. There are versions of that that are hard. He's not wearing that. He's wearing padded ones. This somehow hurts Perry Saturn's elbow hitting pads. Okay. Just going to let it go. Norman tags in Asia, and then she refused to tag back out. She's like, no, I will face Perry Saturn. And then, oh, poor Asia. She has a rough go of it here. Because she goes for a low blow, kind of slips, so then has mm-hmm. to do a low blow on a second attempt. Then slips on a clothesline, so has to do oh. a clothesline on a second attempt. And then sets up Perry for a superplex and slips climbing the ropes. And I'm like, poor girl, what shoes are you wearing? Please please stop. And then this is one of those where we can't always identify why something made us kind of both go, ooh, but she hits superplex on Perry and the angle of everything was kind of like. She didn't have a good crib. I don't know what shoes she wore, but whatever they were had no, no traction, no treads, no grips. All right. And then bear with me here. Jim Duggan attacks Perry Saturn. Norman gets the pin after, like, making sure that Perry's dead. Everybody gets in the ring. Hacksaw cleans house, and somehow the segment ends with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and his family standing tall. I don't have any idea why his family came to the ring. No. Not a single clue. Yeah, especially because he's from Glen Falls, New York. Yeah, what? I was like, oh, is he from Texas? No. So, once again, we should have keep track of this. How many times do the partners attack the other partner? Because it's a lot tonight. Yeah. Thoughts on this match outside of the dumb logic? Although that's my main takeaway. Oh, I have. I don't really have very many thoughts at all. I mean, I, I'm kind of tired of the, like, I won't fight a girl angle. Because I think that's stupid. I This read more to me like, I won't attack my partner. He wouldn't fight Asia. Who is it? Well, Asia's his partner in the, in, in, in the revolution. Not... Oh, okay. I, no, I still don't like it. Yeah, because she does yelling like, Asia, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, Asia will fight him. I don't know. I'm just tired of it. It's 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 overdone. Well, let's move forward to, Yee. on paper, what is 
definitely should have been our match of the night, and I think is. Excellent match. It is Jeff Jarrett versus Billy Kidman. Bye-bye! He's back. <laughs> so I meant to look into this, but I'm, I didn't, and I'm just going to outright call it a lie. As Jarrett is coming out, Tony Schiavone is talking about sold out and is like, Never in the history of professional wrestling has anyone ever wrestled three matches in one night. And I'm like, that that cannot be true. That's 100% not true. By the way, Jarrett and Benoit are both going to do this, potentially. Potentially. Like, that's like, so not true. I mean, all the examples I can think of have happened since then, but... They can't be the first ones to do it. Yeah. Ever? No, there's no way. Also, what's the difference between a gauntlet match and wrestling three times, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. So when Billy Kidman comes out, Jared attacks him from behind. Kidman misses an elbow, but Jared stays on offense until Kidman's able to hit a head scissor. Kidman goes for a 10-punch spot, but it ends with, with him getting dropped face first on the top turnbuckle. Looked rough. It did. We had Kidman faction, but it only gets a two. It was a pretty Kidman faction, too. It was very clean. Jared hits a big vault toss, for lack of a better word, to Kidman. Then, then throws Kidman around and taunts the crowd. Kidman starts to come back, but then gets vaulted to the floor. And then we get Kevin Nash and Bret Hart coming back. And I'm because like, of course they did. Yeah, I was worried about this. But they mostly keep themselves for a while. Nash throws Kidman back in. And they there is a, a funny spot of some miscommunication where Nash is just throwing Kidman back in. And Kidman takes a bump on the ring apron in the first attempt. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just throwing you back in. That's yeah. Not, that's not what I'm going for. <laughs> Nash, no, 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 it's like, but in. get in the fucking ring. <laughs> it, it was a little, little silly. It, was, it wasn't like, oh, like, kill the match. No. Yeah, it was like, oh. Kidman's trying to prove something. He's like working harder than he has to. Yeah. Get a nice vertical suplex to Billy Kidman. And then Kidman rolls through a diving cross body from Jeff Jarrett and almost gets the pin. He dodges a rope attack from Jared, but then eats a clothesline before he's able to get too much offense. We get a sleeper from Double J. Not quite a Glargay, but close. You are desperately waiting for I that Glargay. Saw. Once it happens, you will be able to hear Nick screaming from our, our living room. They wherever drop, you are in the world. Kidman, like, passes out here. And they, like, drop the arm once. Twice. Oh, he hooks up the power of Hulkamania. Yeah, before they drop it thrice, he, he, he hooks up. He's alive. Kidman lives. And then we get a sleeper from Kidman. But as is the case with these, Jarrett gets out almost immediately. And yeah. But then turns around into a sky high from Kidman. Kidman almost pins Jarrett on a roll through, and then and, but ends up crashing to the floor. And then the filthy animals come out. My boys. So when he crashed to the floor, it was supposed to be Kevin Nash pulling the rope down. But he kind of just puts his hand on it and Kidman crashes. It's like, oh. Oh, yeah. He didn't really need to do anything with the rope. Honestly, Kevin Nash was just in the way. Yeah. He's just like unnecessarily there. Like, I get what you were going for, but it wasn't needed. All three of the filthy animals come out, including Ray on crutches. Everyone brawls. Ray hits Jarrett with one of the crutches, and Kidman rolls up Jarrett for a really good near fall. Oh, so close. Again, it's really like it's unclear if this is for the U.S. title or not. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit! Like I, th- I thought that was it. But again, we have fake fucking crutches. We'll talk about that later, I guess. With Ray, the chosen one tries for a power bomb, but no, he is not the chosen one. Facebuster from Billy Kidman. Facebuster, what did you think was gonna happen, you fool? Kidman goes up top for a shooting star press, but Nash hits Kidman in the ankle with a baseball mm. bat. Listen, I'm no, I know these aren't real baseball bats, but. It just Still, looked yeah. rough. 
looked effectively rough. Yeah. But like, oh, God. Like you, you understood why Billy Kidman collapsed there. Oh, yeah. We get the stroke from Jeff Jarrett, and he gets the pin. The Excellent. NWO beat down the filthy animals, Ray included for a lot of it, although safely. But he's I injured. Know. I want to know. No, they safely beat him down. Yeah, I mean, they're using the bats, but, like, Nash is very, very much pulling the, like, nope, just, like, you know, tap him. And the Philly Animals get spray-painted, and we go to commercial. But, like, you're saying that, like, they were easy on Ray. He didn't need his crutch. He, like, got in the ring and was, like, fine. He wasn't, like, doing full moves, but he had full range of mo- of motion. I mean, I mean, crutches, crutches should help you out. If somebody who had, was on crutches, I, you know, I still to walk around on my cast. I walked around on too much. If, if, in yeah, honesty. you walked around on too much. <laughs> Thoughts on this match, though? Oh, it was excellent. Oh, yeah. Excellent match. Very happy to see Billy come in the ring again. Like Jeff, this. Jeff Jarrett continues to drive me nuts. Why? Because he is a capable wrestler? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He's a great mid-card wrestler. They're just like... Pushing him too hard, which is everyone's complaint here, and it's not wrong. Yeah, they are. He's he's there's too much of him. Yep. If they just like dialed him back like twenty percent, he'd be a little bit more palatable. Well, too bad, slap nuts. Yeah. No, this was a really good match. It's like, oh, yeah, Billy Kidman is still really fucking good. Nice to see the filthy animals together again. It They're was. In the show. It's one of those where, I, yeah, Eddie's gone in a few weeks, and they were all in such a shitty storyline for so long that I'm happy to like see them one last time all together. Yeah, um, their faces now. Good. Remember Who when... fucking cares? Stop worrying about the heel face. You must stop. They were for your f- own sanity. You have to let it okay. go. Okay, I can let it go when it's like it's casual and someone's returning. But like when you spend multiple weeks. Being like, no, remember, these guys are heels. When you murder Ric Flair. You know, call up Vince Russo. I will. Just be happy that they're here and they're giving you a good match. Just be happy. Are you excited to see Conan um, induct Ray? Yes, I am. That's going to be so cute. All right. If, if he does his Olale from Olale! the start, we're oh doing my. a shot. Okay. Down. Except for that, we'll be. We'll be separate. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to our next segment, which uh, is Mean Gene. And Mean Gene is disgusted. He is disappointed. This was not in the feed. So the feed kind of cut out in the middle of the last match on the rip. Yeah. And so that was like in the middle of that that match. Well, our our version of this. Yeah, we were talking about like our rip was messed up. Our random rip. It's not like this is still on Peacock. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is where we switched from our rip to Peacock. And that's when we realized all the shit that was going down. So, this Liz and Lex segment was not in our version of the rip. Yeah. And this but it was on like, Peacock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This went to literally the main event. So, everything after this, like, okay, we got to shift over. So, me and Jean be- begrudgingly brings out the total package and Miss Elizabeth. Calls them a total mockery. They come out to Sting's music, and Lex is in Sting's face paint and jacket and t-shirt. And terrible wig. Gene scolds Luger immediately upon coming out. It's like, what the fuck is this, Lex? <laughs> Lex then puts himself over while pretending to be Sting and howls as Sting. A lot. Too oh, much. Yeah. Like, got a laugh out of me the first like time or two, and then I'm like, okay, I got yeah, it. Yeah, on the tenth time, it's like, okay, we get it. We get it. He keeps doing this routine until the lights go out and um, Gene is gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, he evaporates. Yeah. He turns into this pile of black roses that appears in the middle of the ring. Yes. And commentary has to be like, black roses is a symbol for death. 
Thank you, because I did not know. There are a lot of symbols for death. Did you realize that? Yeah. There's so many omens of death. So Lex is spooked and leaves, and that's segment. That's literally it, yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling this story is not going to be much until, like, yeah, he will be back till February, so I guess uh, uncensored he'll be back. <laughs> Great. Get to yeah, watch that Le- was Le- get underwhelming as fuck. Get to watch Lex Luger be- just fucking dick around until then. Cool. Backstage, Nash tries to give Scott directions to the arena. Yeah, he's, like, on the phone with him, giving him directions to get to the arena. Like, that's that's it. Yeah, clearly so he's, he's nearby are, somewhere, but yeah. he doesn't know where to go. We're still under the impression that Scott will be in the building tonight. To our next Lethal Lottery tag team match, it is Fit Finley and Meng in a okay. crew t-shirt. And but I mean, crew is in like the crew of the show, not like. I think like, Meng was having a fat day, and he just didn't night. want to come out topless. I relate. So they they come out. Mike today announces at Soul Out. There's gonna be some like four way hardcore match. It's Finley, Meng, Norman Smiley, and somebody else. I'm guessing Brian Nobbs. But I don't know. I never heard who else the, who the fourth I person was. I didn't even catch that they mentioned that match. So Meng and Finley just start brawling before the match. God. And then, um, Emily, who are they facing? The Harris boys. You were outraged at this. <laughs> this is the stupidest fucking thing. So creative control is gone. And Long any creative control, <laughs> any semblance of character or mystique or anything that creative control may have had in that Elso gone. Completely gone. Because now they're just two fucking dudes in tank tops and black pants just coming out to the ring. They look like jobbers. They look like nothing. Excuse me. Their tank tops are advertising tattoo shops. To never, ever, ever go to. Look, if you want to get a Nazi tattoo, you can go to these shops. Jesus. But. I should. You know what? I shouldn't say that. I don't know that the tattoo shops on their shirts gave them their Nazi tattoos. They have. They, they, they got them from somewhere, obviously, because they have them. But I don't know these shops at that. We can't we can't say. We can't know. No. But no, we, when we, they we, we cannot say who gave the Harris brothers their Nazi SS tattoos. Correct. But someone did. Someone did, and they are there. Anyway, when they when Creative Control would come out to the ring in like button downs and a tie, they had something Hiding to them. Hiding the Nazi tattoos. <laughs> there was some character to them. There was something Hold there. On. Are you describing a shirt and tie as a character? They were, it was obvious that they were working with, you know, the authority. They were Russo's guys. They had some character. It was a minimal character, but it was a character. Now they're just fucking dudes. Yeah, admittedly, I realized this later. I don't think they're Gerald and Patrick anymore. I think they're Ron and Don. The Harris brothers. The Harris boys. Which, admittedly, fucking twins, Ron and Don. Their parents were really creative. Aha, so you admit they're twins. They're fraternal twins. They never shared an egg. So they all brawl. Finley and Meng just brawl against each other and get counted out. And they fight for way too long. This is an awful match. Yeah. It's a segment. It's a stupid and it's a waste of my it's time. It's a bad segment that goes that on too those. long. The Harris boys, I did not rewind to look, is boys with an S or a Z? I'm pretty sure S. So in the ring, the lights go out again. There's a strobe effect. And then the masked person from earlier takes out the Harris boys. And this is where I saw the blonde hair, but I have no idea. I totally missed the hair. I, uh, I don't know. This match was terrible. This was awful. This was bad and I hated everything about it. I hate a, that I wasted my time watching this. Do you have any predictions on who this is going to be? Not one. 
We didn't see Dustin Reynolds in the last two weeks, so... No, this person's too small to be Dustin Reynolds. Yeah, they're crouching, I don't know. No, you're not. They're, they aren't crouching. Or they're just randomly going to be a foot taller next week. That's a different story. But if we're going based on who was in that mask, it's not seven. I'm angry. So let's move on. We're almost to the end. We get David Flair and Daphne somewhere watching a movie and they are deeming themselves the natural born killers based off the movie. Oh, I didn't think that was, I didn't think that was them naming themselves the natural born killers. I don't know if it's going to get picked up or not, but mm. we didn't get a network cut. Cool. <laughs> Very clearly. Cause we just cut to three count being in the ring, getting beat up by Vampiro. Yeah. Cause uh, I'm guessing they sang a song that was like, they didn't have the rights to or something. And, we have not seen Three Count yet. We've mentioned them. They were coming. And I think they appeared on Thunder maybe once or twice. We didn't see them. It is a group of Evan Courageous, your boy, Shane My Helms. Boy. And we didn't even note him. Shannon Moore. Oh, yeah. You've mentioned that before. So, yeah. So, we missed their introduction, but Vampiro is beating them up. Vampiro is Evan Courageous' partner for this Lethal Lottery match. They are facing David Flair and the Maestro. The Maestro comes out and it's attacked by somebody. Apparently, we saw on Thunder, which we didn't see. So, once again, it's like shit. Yeah. Hmm. This man's name is Crowbar. I know writers who use subtext, <laughs> and they're all cowards. Gee, I wonder who he's going to team up with. So, Vampiro just decides this is fine. Whatever. <laughs> Don't give a shit. Why are you fine with this? I, I wouldn't give a sh- lethal lottery tournament. Fuck, I don't want to do this next week. Whatever. Yeah, this is dumb. Let me get out of this tournament as soon as possible. Still, Vampiro dives onto David Flair and Crowbar at ring like, as they're coming out. I don't know what was supposed to happen because everyone sells and nobody sells. Right? Did he climb on them and then hit the crowbar so it hurt everyone? Like. Yeah, I don't know. But Vampiro just says, yeah, it's fine. Just a tag team match, whatever. I'll just win. Crowbar hits a ger- German suplex and then tags in David Flair. And David, throughout this match, has developed T-Rex arms. <laughs> where he's trying to be creepy and spooky. So he's just, like, having his elbows against his, rib- his, his ribs. And he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he does not extend his elbows. It's like, you want to tag me? Come get this candy out of my hands, small child. You would tag me in. Vampiro hits a big Uranagi on Crowbar. Evan tags in and gets dumped to the floor, and Crowbar hits a diving splash on him on the floor. And then everyone gets to the ring, starts brawling. Vampiro hits a dive on David. He goes for the pin, but Vampiro is not the legal man. Remember this. Vampiro and Three Count then attack each other. Vampiro hits a nail in the coffin, but Crowbar hits a pipe shot on Vampiro while he's trying to pin David. And then pulls David on top of Vampiro for the win, despite the fact that Vampiro was not the legal man. Good lord. Post-match, three count, get in the ring to dance, and then they get attacked by a dancing David Flair. I don't know yeah, what... Yeah, he's just, like, kind of looming behind them, doing a little jig, and then just, It like, got a little chuckle out of me, but it, it was just, did. like, almost... It was just weird. So, th- they attack three count, and then David and Daphne are making out, and then we see people get in the ring, including a very long set of legs... Gee, I wonder who those could belong to. In the ring, we see Lenny, Lodi, and Stacy Keebler. They are now standards and practices. They're like, if <laughs> violence like this 
continues, you will be off our television show. And then David and Crowbar attack Sanders' practices. And that's it. The end. They did not tell you Stacy Keebler's new character name. Wait, does Lenny and Lodi get character names? I think they're just standards and practices. I don't... I, oh, really? Oh, I, God. I, I, don't, I don't know. They're not as stupid as Stacy's, oh, so God. I don't know. What's Stacy's? Do you have any guesses? Is her name And? No, no. It's it's more dumb and sexual than that. No, of course it is. She's Miss Hancock. Of course. Not as bad as I was expecting you to say. No. Honestly, not as bad as I was expecting. Get it, Hancock. That's actually a real like name. hands on your cock, Emily. It's a real name, so I'm not as surprised. I'm not surprised by that at all. I'm sorry. I'm not giving you the responses that you want out of me. I'm fucking jaded. I'm over I it. I want the disappointment. That's really what it is. You're just to be expected. How now. can you be disappointed when all you've known is disappointment? They put the word penis in her name, Emily. How dare you? It could be chicken. So yeah, so we'll get more standard practices in Miss Hancock going forward. I know there's a lot of uh, Miss Hancock and David to come. Oh so. God! The two might actually shoot date. I need to double check. Really? That, but I think that might be a thing. How the hell does David Flair get that? Maybe he has a big Hancock. Maybe he's just nice and respectful to women. Could be. His dad is Ric Flair. I have low hopes. Maybe he sees what his father's doing. Is like mm, not that. Maybe. I root for him. Maybe. We are so close to the end of the show. For what it's worth, he's only been married once since 2004. Aww. So, maybe. Good guy. <laughs> he learned. Yes, he dated Stacy in 2000. Wow. Let's move on. We go backstage. Jeff Jarrett is annoyed with Scott being late. And Nash is like, just trust me. It'll be fine. We can go to our second to last match of the night. It is the Disco Inferno Disco and his Vito. random lethal lottery tournament partner, Big Vito. Oh, who would have thought? Who could have seen that coming? With Tony Marinara and Johnny the Bull, and more importantly, a cheese sandwich. Johnny the Bull got his cheese sandwich? My boy. They are facing the team of Chris Champagne Canyon and Buff Bagwell, two men who don't like DDP. And somehow, Buff is still a face. I don't understand it. It sold out, apparently, it's going to be Buff versus DDP, because on Thunder, DDP came out and was like, I don't want to wrestle anybody besides Buff, because I want to go kill Buff Bagwell. Oh, and God. I'm like, I get it. Relatable. Nick understands. Nick also wants to kill Buff Bagwell. <laughs> Listen, I I don't want to say I'm happy we found out it wasn't him tweeting. I'm glad the internet is back to being like, no, 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 f- fuck Buff Bagwell. <laughs> Back when we all thought, like, oh, no, he's a wolf. He's a nice guy. Nope, it was some diddler. Oh, God. <laughs> or something equivalent. I can't remember that whole storyline. So very early on, Canyon tags in Buff because the hose, or sorry, the champagne, the problems, champagne problems are talking to Tony Marinara and Relic. Who which, I don't they? know if you're aware of this, Emily, but Relic is killer spell backwards. And she's done. So... <laughs> Canyon takes them away. Buff is just generally annoying, but is overcoming the numbers game. We get a big sidekick to Buff, and then in my favorite spot, I think of the night, Big Vito does a mocking Buff taunt and then does the Italian hands. I love it. Emily, any thoughts to contribute? Disco tries to... Stop making that fucking joke to me. 
<laughs> Disco tries for a hot tag. But um, I pointed out the Italian hands to you, and you're going to claim that to be your favorite moment of the night. Oh, no. I, it, was, it was the buff taunt more than anything. Yeah, the buff taunt was great, but then I was like, oh, but then he did the Italian hands. Disco tries for a chain shot, but it's the one thing they didn't want to happen. Oh, it's the one thing that didn't want to happen. Disco clocks Vito. We get a blockbuster from Buff onto Vito, and Buff gets the win. Thanks. I hate it. Buff is the stuff. Apparently. And commentary's like, what? That means Canyon advances too. He wasn't even here. I'm like, yeah. That is how it works. Disco then, like, has a moment where I guess he's supposed to be reluctant, but just immediately attacks Buff. I kind of like, oh, he didn't want to, but he did. And like, no, you seem pretty willing. Because, like, oh, Disco doesn't want to work with, you know, the family, but he does. does. This was a fine match. It was kind of nothing. The show's just dragging at this point. Yeah. And this was not the antidote for... This did not bring any energy back to us or the crowd. It did not spark joy. Marie Kondo would have thanked this for its service and given it away. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Disco. Because, you know, he didn't want to attack. I'm like... I think he did. It's really hard to keep up. But let's uh, let's go to our main event. Oh, actually, before that, we get Kevin Nash heading towards the ring alone. Alone. I guess Scott Hall didn't make it. And he comes to the ring alone and asks for some more time since Scott isn't here. And they're like, nope, not that. He does stall pretty well. He's going to face the team, the random team who randomly became boys last week. What are the odds? It is Sid Vicious and the Wall, brother. What the fuck? Main event wall. Who'd have thunk it? Shirtless wall. Who would have thunk it? So for whatever reason, before the match, Nash does the Hogan shirt tear. Then <laughs> he kind of fucks it up. Yeah. What do you Hogan does a lot of time? can't get it to fully rip. So, in a spot I want to note, commentary is like, oh, because it's meant to be Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, no other members of the NWO can be the tag partner. Like, yeah? They can't just get on the apron willy-nilly and tag in like the Varsity Club fucking did last week? Hmm? Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I don't think it's fine, Nick. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I don't think it's fine. Nick fucking look as long as long as the finish of this match doesn't have something that contradicts a previous match, we'll be fine. Nick's gonna scream. Remember last episode when Nick screamed a lot? He's gonna do that again. So this match is as plot as is exactly as plotting as you expect. Yes. Lots of punches. Lots of lots of boots. Lots of corners. The heels keep cheating, so it actually feels like a three-on-two handicap match opposed to two-on-one, which commentary does note, like, credit to him. Like, I was actually typing this yeah. thing, and the commentary was like, eh, it feels more It like doesn't really fun. feel all that um, outnumbered. Finish of the match, Nash hits a headshot with a baseball bat on the wall and pins him as Sid Vicious is beating up Jeff Jarrett. They start beating down Sid and go to powerbomb Sid, but uh, Benoit attacks the NWO. And then we get Scott Steiner limping out to the ring, holding a baseball bat, which really should have tipped some people off. But Swerve, he's the newest member of the NWO. Tears off his back brace, throws his crutch away, tears off the shirt. Fucking of course. Yep. Who's it surprised? was a fake retirement. Who knew? He is now the fourth or fifth member of the NWO, depending on if Scott Hall ever comes back. So if you notice, and they did it on the show, we never said Scott Hall was coming. We said Scott was coming. Which really makes no sense because... They... Why would you need to give him directions to the arena if he's already in the arena? Yes. I don't. Why would you need to catch up on like his ETA when he's already in the building? Yeah. 
And if you were going to continue to attack uh, Sid Vicious after the match, why did the referee not reverse the decision? Hmm? <laughs> why is it fine for uh, PG-13 and not Sid? Hmm? Because PG-13 is PG-13. Yeah, Sid should get better treatment. Sid doesn't need better treatment. Sid's still going to get the main event push. Well, no, Sid's not getting shit, apparently, because um, an NWO banner drops and a bunch of, like, printer-sized pieces of paper drop. Yeah. We're like, what is this? Eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper just float down from the ceiling. They all just have the NWO logo on, on them. On. They float down from the same spot in the ceiling. They don't yeah. drop, like, throughout the arena. Yeah. Like, one spot. Like, okay, what's happening here? So one guy just got a thousand paper cuts. They then bring Sid's car out. I didn't even see who brought the car out. The car was just there. The car arrived. They put Sid in the car and then drive it out back with Kevin Nash riding on the hood of the car. He's just lounging. Yeah. I'd like to believe that was ad-libbed. He just didn't want to get in the car. He wanted to have some more FaceTime. So he's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to sit on the roof of the car. I don't know if it's because they're running out of time or what. But once they get backstage, Bernhard sprints out of this vehicle. bolts. (laughs) He gets in the NWO monster truck. And they leave Sid in Sid's car, and Bret Hart runs over Sid's car in the monster truck, murdering Sid Vicious. And that's the show, everybody. R.I.P. Sid Vicious. Apparently. But Nick, I did note that when he ran over the car with the the monster oh, truck, yeah, did. it didn't really crunch. No, there we would have survived. There was not the good weight distribution you want. We would have survived that easily. It would have been like, whoa, the ceiling dented a bit. Better get out of the car. Now, listen, for one, I am really excited for the upcoming Monster Truck Sumo match at Sold Out. Absolutely not. I I want it, Emily. Why? Because it worked so well with Hogan and the Giant? Exactly. I I, I want more. Why? You're telling me you don't want to see Sid Vicious fall off Kobo Hall? I liked what that match could have been. I don't like what it was. The, the main event or the or the Hulk Hogan match? Oh, Hulk Hogan match. Thoughts on the actual main event no. match? No. <laughs> Thoughts on the show? No. This this was a more livable show. It but... was. It was livable. It dragged, but it was not, I want to die the whole time. Yeah, I think part of our dragging also was the false finishes of our files. But... Oh, yeah. It was a little bit self But the, the show itself also just like, it, it didn't have much going for a lot of it. It was some pretty fun garbage at points, but overall, it was kind of nothing. Yeah, so, I mean, they're still trying to establish, like, no, the NWO are bad guy heels. They're not good guys. The problem is they don't have enough faces right now. They really don't. They They are on a face They have Sid. They have Chris Benoit. Who's the third top face right now? I mean, besides Goldberg, who's gone for a while. Maybe you could say Booker? Yeah, and that tells you how far down the, the car yeah. really is because Booker's in the, the middle. The filthy of... animals are faces again. Yeah, I mean, geez, you could make a, almost make a case for Billy Kidman being the third, the third top face right I'd now. I'd be fine with that. Well, yeah, which like if you build to that, that's good. But yeah, they're in rough shape right now, and that's what happens when when your top two faces turn heel and then get injured. And yeah, Hogan's gone, Flair's gone. So Flair actually, I found out originally was going to be the surprise opponent to face Benoit's ladder match. Oh, so that would make sense. Yeah. Well, the problem was they had nothing for him after that. So it was just going to be a one-off return. Well, it would have been, he returns and he flounders. Mm. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We'll have you win. And Flair's like, why the fuck would I win? You need Chris Benoit. You need to build up Chris Benoit. Yeah. 
So do we know when he comes back? Probably soonish. I think it's once Russo's gone, but okay. I I don't I don't know specifically. Okay. I'm oh, sorry. What do you mean? He's buried in the desert. He's dead. He's gone. I'm not gonna respond to you. <laughs> okay. Well, so when you're yawning, I assume you're tired. I, don't think you're... I am tired. But let, let's bury this show in the desert and move on. Please. Let's move on to best bit, worst bit, and MVP. Emily, what is your best bit? To no one's surprise, it's the Jeff Jarrett Billy Kidman match. That was that was an excellent match. I very much enjoyed that match. Yeah, I really debated giving that my best bit, but I think I'm going to give mine to the first half of that Scott Steiner NWO. Really? I, I thought Scott Steiner did incredibly well. I don't think that was the best bit of the show. I Go ahead. I mean, yeah, do it. I thought he did great, and then it got the NWO over as douchebags. Like, I mean, they didn't need help with that, though. I'm not gonna fight. Like it was I a mean, good segment. I mean, it's Go the first it. Nitro since they showed back up, and it's like, no, yeah, no, we're not cool heels. We're assholes. I think it was important. I, okay. I, I give it to that. But I, I mean, disagree. Honor, but okay. Honorable mention to Billy Kidman and Jeff Yark. That was a really good. It was match of the night. It just 100. What is your worst bit? Finley versus Meng versus the Harris boys. That whole match is my worst bit. Cause that sucked. Sucked the life out of me. Sucked the energy out of my heart. Gone. Bad. Awful. Everything was bad. Uh, I'll give my worst bit to the second half of the segment. My best bit. <laughs> the self-indulgent NWO promo. You were so predictable. It was like I talk through things on this show. All right. Well, you have to give your MP- MVP first then. Nick, who's your MVP? I'm actually going to give my MVP to... Billy Kidman. Yay! For, um, Finally, I'm, something we can agree on. Yeah. For making me care about a Jeff Jarrett match and putting on a good performance. And I was thrilled to see him. And that really says something about him. So Okay, good. He, I, I was he, thrilled to see him, too. I, I think will he agree stepped over the plate and, like, he felt in the league of mm. one of the members of the NWO. and didn't feel like, oh, well, you know, Jarrett's you know, playing down in his competition. No. They, no, no. Billy Kidman did great. He did. Who do you, who's your MVP? You called it out when we were watching. You called it out while we were talking. It's fucking Perry Saturn. Obviously. <laughs> the man gave me joy. And that's all I can ask for these days. If I find joy in something that you're doing on screen, you're my MVP. Well, I'll bring you the joy of ending this episode. Thank God. That's going to do it for this episode of the Butt Thief Podcast. Until the next episode, which is just... The first two-hour Nitro. Woo! We'll see how much this, this shaves off the recording session, because uh, before the edit, we're like two hours and ten minutes in. Oh, my God. But until the next episode, actually, the next episode is going to be WrestleMania. WrestleMania! You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Butts in the Pod. We will I'm... most likely be live-tweeting WrestleMania. Yes. or At least night two. Yeah, we might be on a delay tweeting night one. And Facebook... The Butts in the Seats podcast. Listen to all of our back catalog, including the last two WrestleManias and some other WrestleManias and Starcade and everything else on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Good job. Emily, any closing shows? We're done with 1999. We're running out of time. We got a year and three months left. Wow. It feels like it doesn't last in 2000, but I guess there's a lot to, to talk about it's in 2000. A whole year. But tonight we're going to party like it's 1999. That's not the outro song, but no. Bummer. No, it's the end of the world as we know it. And I guess I feel fine. I don't. I feel. I feel exhausted. I feel fine. Like I'm saying that in the argument. I'm, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. But until WrestleMania, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts in the Seats podcast. WrestleMania, woo!